Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. It's Thursday, February the 3rd. I'm Richard Woolley, editor in Reorg's London office, and today I'm going to be speaking to high-yield reporter Beatrice Mavrolian about an eventful start to the year in the European primary market. I'm also going to be hearing from financial analyst Nicol Vosani about our recently updated model for German fashion retailer Taco. Before we begin, a quick reminder that registration is still open for the latest instalment in the Reorg webinar series. The latest webinar is titled Assessing the New Risks Facing Ukraine's Credit Market and will take place tomorrow. Ukraine's corporate and sovereign bond market came under severe pressure in January as diplomatic efforts to solve the security crisis with Russia have failed. In this webinar, Magnus Sherman, editor for Semia by Reorg, will discuss which implications the geographical crisis in Ukraine is having on the country's credit market and how investors could mitigate those new risks. He'll be joined by guests Timothy Ash of Blue Bay Asset Management and Andrew Wilkinson and Kirsten Eriksson of Wild Gotchall. After a record-breaking year for primary issuance in 2021, Observers expected a slightly slower but nonetheless active market in 2022. Sources told us loan issuances would continue to be driven by LBOs and CLO issuance, while bond deals would see a lot of refinancings, especially in the early months of the year as issuers chased low coupons ahead of interest rate increases. Beatrice, how has the year so far lived up to these kinds of expectations? The market seems to be surpassing expectations for the year. We've seen almost 19 billion equivalent euros of new debt price to date across bonds and loans, according to Reorg's data. And there's about another 18.7 billion equivalent euros currently in syndication, which compares with JP Morgan's forecast that about 25 billion equivalent euros of new supply would come to the primary market in Europe across January and February. It's true that many of the bond deals have been refinancings and there have been LBOs supported by either loans or a combination of loans and bonds for Ceramtech, Autoform and Grupo BC, although these last two um, have been small. The LBO financings currently in syndication, which are for Advent, Pamira and other investors' acquisition of McAfee, for Advent's acquisition of Caldic, for Brookfield's acquisition of Scientific Games, and for 3G's acquisition of Hunter Douglas are larger. But there are still some large LBO deals that have been expected since last year, most notably the financing of CDNR's buyout of Morrison's that have yet to come to the market. Most of the debt to fund this deal is still expected to launch before the end of the month, but a group of banks recently sold 1.2 billion sterling of junior notes raised as part of the funding for the buyout, bypassing public markets in a sign that investors' risk tolerance is declining and market sentiment is starting to sour under pressure from negative macroeconomic news. Yes, as you mentioned there, it's not all been smooth sailing. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about how things have played out since the start of the year? The year started with a very robust with very robust demand on the from the buy side, particularly for loans because of strong CLO issuance. Buy siders, particularly in the loan market, noted the small size of many of the deals that have come to the market so far this year, while low deal quality has also been a concern. Among the most troublesome troublesome deals have been the pharmaceutical company Covis, which suffers from very high revenue concentration on too few products as well as facing competition from generics and um, the fact that it may have one of its drugs withdrawn from the market by the US Food and Drug Administration. Barclays and the other book runners on the COVID financing have been left with a $300 million second lien facility because the deal struggled to gain traction in the market. 
the um, $470 million uh, denominated notes previously in the debt package were scrapped, while the euro denominated notes were cut to $350 million equivalent from $375 million equivalent previously. Meanwhile, the OID on the loan component of the deal was set at 93. Earlier last month, some buy-siders were also unimpressed by software company Microfocus's largely legacy-focused offering and by biscuit manufacturer Biscuit International's disappointing performance during the pandemic. Resin-based homeware producer Keto was also challenging because... um, it was a challenging deal because of high leverage exposure to raw mat- uh, rising raw material costs because of rising oil prices and concerns that recent good performance was pandemic driven and unsustainable. This last deal was one of two that was recently postponed due to market conditions, along with data and content group Iron Analytics $850 million equivalent bond refinancing and dividend recap. Okay, and can you talk a little bit about the kinds of macro elements that are in the mix and uh, maybe driving some of these trends? As accelerating inflation, expectations of rising interest rates and geopolitical instability in Ukraine, combined with continued concerns over the COVID-19 pandemic and supply-side challenges, all of which contributed to greater equity market volatility, some of the most challenging deals in the leveraged finance market were postponed, while others had their structure changed and or pricing widened. For example, artisanal meat producer Group of Butchers reduced the size of its term loan B to, to 320 million euros from, from 330 million euros, while price talk widened to 99 with an E plus 500 basis point margin from 99.5 and a margin in the rate range of E E plus 425 to 450 previously. Buysider has noted that the company seemed to be underestimating the positive impact of the pandemic on performance and the risk that this support would would not be sustainable going forward. What has also happened is that with central banks preparing to withdraw pandemic-era stimulus and to tighten monetary policy to rein in inflation, there's been greater demand for floating rate debt. As a result, some deals have seen a move from bonds to loans. Among these was, was Covis, whose loan component was upsized to $550 million from $350 million, while the bonds in the, in the deal were either scrapped or downsized. Another example of this trend um, is the deal for digital, digital protection software company McAfee's buyout by a group of investors, which saw $1 billion of the financing shifted from a seven-year senior secured bond to the to the term loan in the deal, which will now total uh, $6.35 billion, while only the $2.3 billion uh, in eight-year senior unsecured notes remain on the bond side. Okay, and are there any other trends that you think that um, people in the market should be mindful of at the moment? ESG considerations continue to be of increasing relevance to investors, and many deals feature ESG-related incentives such as ESG margin ratchets. Among the deals to have troubled investors recently in terms of its ESG credentials was the $600 million in five-year senior secured notes um, for cigarette filter component manufacturer Serdia. The company had loan maturities coming up next year, and at first a new loan was considered for the refinancing, but ESG considerations made the deal challenging for CLOs. Direct lending was considered and similar problems came up. Even a partial partial refinancing was considered at one point, Biasider said. Ultimately, the company was forced to refinance loans which carried margins of E plus 475 and 
L plus 550, with a bond paying a hefty 10.5% coupon, which was placed with US investors. The 330 million euro seven-year loan raised by Grupo BC, a service provider to the Spanish mortgage to Spanish mortgage lenders, is also thought to have been challenging for, for ESG recent reasons, related to the fact that one of the services that the company provided provides is mortgage and loan recovery, which could expose lenders to the, to controversy in the case of a mortgage lending crisis like in 2008 2009. The loan was priced at 99.5, with a margin of E plus 450, compared with price talk in the E425 to 450 range. Another trend that investors have noticed is um, a continued erosion of covenant quality, with a particular focus on security packages. Hair and beauty product company Weller's $1.95 billion equivalent term loan B, which was priced late last month, was seen as having particularly challenging documentation, featuring no security over the company's assets, among other points. However, business, uh, positive business fundamentals meant that the deal was upsized from $1.8 billion equivalent to $1.95 billion equivalent, and the euro portion of the loan was priced with a Eurobor plus 375 basis point margin at the tighter end of the previous range of 375 to 400 basis points. Taco, the German fashion retailer, has seen its near-term refinancing prospects improve after two strong quarters, showing recovery in top line which has led reorg analysts to revise their base case loan-to-value for the company to 55% from 61% in September last year. Nikhil, you wrote the latest waterfall model for the group. Can you talk us through what's been going on at Taco over the past couple of quarters? Taco has seen some recovery in top line and cash generation in the previous two quarters. Revenue grew 11% year-over-year in the second quarter ending July, whilst experiencing a 3% fall in the following quarter due to a strong comparable period in the previous year. Following the recovery in performance, our revised forward-looking model has a base case loan-to-value ratio of 55%, implying an equity cushion of around €370 million to €590 million between the low and high cases, which could support a refinancing in the near term. However, the timing of the refinancing is critical, with the group facing the maturity of its €80 million term loan B, on May 15th, and also its its 510 million euro senior secured notes in November 2023. In a recent investor call, Taco did say that it expects to launch a refinancing to address its upcoming maturities before the release of its annual results on May 31st. Okay, and what do the group's refi options look like? We see the group as having three main options. It could launch a refinancing of its entire capital structure by May, ahead of the term loan maturity. It could consider extending the term loan by a few months as it has done previously to buy more time for a full refinancing, or it could repay the term loan and look to refinance the secured notes at a later date. Repaying the term loan is a more feasible option for Taco now compared to at the start of the fiscal year due to the improved 240 million euros of liquidity as of October, which rose from around 76 million euros at the end of the first quarter. We expect liquidity to decline um, in the fourth quarter as we project cash burn driven by the impact of the Omicron variant, but it stays above around 200 million, which after adjusting for a repayment is still considerably above the assumed minimum cash balance of 25 million euros. That said, the senior facilities agreement also has 170 million euros of letters of credit issued alongside the TLB, which will have to be extended as well. 
So the group may actually consider a more holistic approach rather than just repaying the TLB. If the letters of credit were not extended or replaced, it would result in much tighter payment terms with its suppliers. And do you expect TACO's recently high leverage to be a limiting factor in its refi efforts? Net leverage has markedly improved over the past two quarters. TACO's recent results, which were boosted by the easing of the lockdown, saw it generate an adjusted LTM October EBITDA of around 109 million euros. This alongside higher cash levels has helped it reduce net leverage by 2.4 times to 3.9 times compared to the year ended January 2021. Under our base case, TACO reaches a net leverage of around 3.1 times by fiscal year 2024 compared to an estimated enterprise value to EBITDA multiple of around 7.5 times. This along with steady cash generation and adequate liquidity may help support the refinancing of its capital structure. As always, interested listeners can find more on all of these situations on the Reorg website, reorg.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another Reorg Europe podcast, but until then, stay safe and thank you very much for listening.